ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. Watch out. Yeah, talking about way out there. Bayheim! Wow, is that silence in a little bit? Schrader takes. It's a two-man rush. Schrader steps Don't up. Miss. Pop pass up the middle. Got Parker's it. got it. Room to run. 15, 10. Hit, oh. hit in. Bernard's touchdown. The Bills make me want to Allen looks to his left. Fires left side. In go to the end zone. Stephon Diggs makes the catch. Touchdown, Buffalo. Swing in the miss. It is over. The Boston Red Sox. Baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. This is On the Block. Yeah, I was driving home yesterday, so I heard some of your show. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Brent. Thank you. Thanks, Brent. Two, one. Here's X-Men. Here on ESPN Radio 97.7. FM heard wherever you are, whatever you are doing. On the ESPN app, seen, heard, and everything in between, friends, at uh, QSportsTalk.com, an exciting website that you can go to via the terrific service Twitch, and watch the show. Hello, we're here. My name's Brent. Thanks for watching. You can uh, chat throughout the show. Now, it's great if you want to call into the show. The old-fashioned way. Back in my day, we called radio shows at 437-7644. You can uh, hit me on Twitter, Brent Axe Media, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. Anytime the sports talks come, the sports takes come 24 hours a day. And uh, then there's the chat where you can hang in the chat and you can opine throughout the show as much as you'd like. We even give you your own show at QSportsTalk.com where when the radio audience is at a commercial break, you are not. So keep the mics open, exclusive commentary, questions, and all sorts of things for you. So QSportsTalk.com is great for that. Our pregame shows, in-game watch parties, post-game shows during Syracuse basketball coverage tonight is an exclusive chat with Syracuse head coach Jim Beheim, which we bring you every Thursday at 8.30, right after a Jim's radio program, which, of course, takes place tonight, 7 o'clock, Carabas in Fayetteville and on your radio on TK99. So hang afterwards and ask the coach questions. That's uh, the benefit of being a QSportsTalk.com subscriber. There's more. Oh, there's more. Like, how about Chris Joseph and Eric Devendorf are going to hang with you at the home team pub Saturday, watch the Duke game, also a presentation. Thanks to your friends here at QSportsTalk.com. Devo and Chris Joe do a terrific show Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 10 a.m. I mean, the hits just keep on coming, friends. That's why you should be watching, subscribing, and being a part of QSportsTalk.com as we are weekdays 4 to 6 on this program. So that's what's happening there. Jimmy Beheim joins us today. Our weekly chat with Jimmy presented by Adirondack Bank and Matthews Auto Group. And my man's on a heater right now. That's hot. 27 points last night. That is a high in a Syracuse uniform. He had 31 in a game for Cornell when he was playing for the Big Red. Almost had his third straight double-double. He was three rebounds away from that. And 
Those of you that said, yeah, Jimmy Beheim can't hang in the ACC, it's not too late to take back that dumb take. So we will talk to Jimmy about how he's playing, how the team is playing, and, of course, a little basketball game that's happening Saturday at the Carrier Dome against Duke. So looking forward to that. Going through all aspects of Syracuse-Notre Dame, starting to turn the page to Duke. You know, I want to do a little bit of both today. We'll go all in on Duke tomorrow, and really what that is becomes, in, in a lot of ways, Syracuse's Super Bowl this year, right? So we'll get there. We'll kind of mix in a little bit. Uh, we've got Syracuse-Duke tickets we're going to be giving away if you haven't gotten your tickets yet. We're going to do that on tomorrow's show. This isn't just like call or five, bub. Like we got to come up with something good for you to win and earn those tickets. So we'll think about that. We'll have some fun with that. And then your chance uh, to win the tickets on tomorrow's show. And just all that comes with the hubbub of Duke. It's it's more than a basketball game, particularly when you have the two winningest coaches in college basketball squaring off for the last time and just kind of everything that surrounds that. But uh, we'll take uh, a full step towards that after we fully go over what happened with Notre Dame. I, I just want to say this right off the top, though. You know, we're in the distraction department here. We're here to take your mind off of other things going on in the world. But, you know, I just did want to take a moment to, you know, say, and, man, when you say pray for the people in Ukraine, it just feels like it's it, there's more we can do than that, right? But you really can't. We can't. That's up to, you know, our, our leaders in the world to to figure out what to do there. He's a pray for Ukraine. And, you know, if you pray, if you're a religious person, that that makes you feel better. And if you feel that makes a difference, then by golly, do it. But this feels so empty and hollow. Like, that's all we can do. But it really is all we can do. And just sit back and, and watch and wait. But we're thinking about everybody in Ukraine today. And just, it's, man, it just breaks your heart to see that that's happening in the world right now. And we just got done with a pandemic. I don't think World War III is something we signed up for, and we're not there yet, you know. But we're just we're thinking about everybody out there. It's hard to ignore the news out there and just kind of bury your head in the sand and not at least acknowledge it. But like I said, that's what we're here to do is take your mind off that stuff. We are in the distraction department, and, uh, you know, the world keeps spinning. Unfortunately, we're a big part of it. Uh, something tragic is happening right now. But uh, we're thinking about everybody over there, and hopefully we can uh, – Knock back Russia a little bit here and get the world back in order. Let's get back in order on this show, my friends. I'm going to be that guy. I'm sorry. I'm going to be that guy because you love to remind me when I'm wrong. Oh, do you love to remind me when I'm wrong? I tweet something. I write something. I say something. And Hey, when you do something like this, okay, you're going to be wrong a lot. That's sports. It's the beauty of this business. There are businesses where if you're wrong half the time, you're not in business, right? There are certain walks of like, I don't want my accountant to be wrong half the time. Shout out to my boy, Steve. Yeah, you know, once in a while we get it right. Once in a while we don't. No, no, no. See, no, that's, you got to, you kind of have to get that right about 90-ish percent of the time, right? I know the IRS could be complicated and everything, but if my accountant's just like, eh, you know, 50-50, no, that's that's not going to work, right? No. I do not want my dentist to be somebody who gets it right half the time. I don't want my doctor to be somebody, shout out Dr. Z, to be right half the time, right? And there's certain walks of life where, you know, it can't be just half and half. But here in the wonderful world of sports, there's a lot of gray area. Rare is it that it's black and white. 
really the only black and thing, black and white things left in sports are numbers and stats and scores, and even that gets disputed sometimes. But who won, who lost? The why of who won and who lost and anticipating things and trying to walk the path of sports and know where it's going. That's what makes it fascinating, right? So when you're in a, a line of work like this where you're wrong a lot, just given the, the natural human inclination to point at negative things, people remind you of that. Now, a few of you did remind me that we called a couple of things in that game last night, and thank you for that. But for those that didn't, let's just remind you that we were here yesterday, and I have proof. Let's go to the tape. Yesterday on this show, now, look, not that Syracuse did not miss Jesse Edwards in the three games prior to last night. He did not play, but here's what I said on the show yesterday. This is the game we're really going to look at tomorrow. Be like, they really missed Jesse in that game. Because I think Barama and Frank, and, and to an extent, some of the other lineups they've run have, have hidden just how much they missed this guy. You can get away with it against those teams. I'm not quite sure you can do it in the long run against Notre Dame, certainly Duke, North Carolina, and even Miami. That's yesterday's show. Now, again, is that like some unearthed, unbelievable take that no one else had? No. But it just felt like that because BC, Georgia Tech, they lost to Virginia Tech, but that was like the first game. You know, you're kind of reacting to it, and you kind of get a pass for that. You get a mulligan for that one, in, in my opinion. Even with the post presence that BC and Georgia Tech had, like you found other ways to do it, and you can beat teams that way. And I'm looking at that game last night. I'm like, man, unless you get something on the offensive end from both Frank and Barama, because the law of averages will tell you someone's going to be off shooting the ball, and in that case, it was Joe Girard last night, and Girard had his worst offensive game of the season literally last night. He only scored two points, low point of the year. So in the case of Joe being the offense, running the offense, or both, the answer was D, none of the above. Saimir had to step in, kind of facilitate, run the offense. I loved how he drove to the basket last night, uh, incidentally, and we'll get into that a bit more as we go here, but Really, what that game came down to last night was they really missed Jesse. Atkinson did what he wanted when he wanted throughout that game. And then when they figured out kind of sort of how to do that, then Leshevsky was open, who was a game-time decision, remember, and that we were kind of hoping that he wouldn't play from a Syracuse standpoint. He did play, got open on the three-point line. You'll hear Jimmy Beheim talk about this later, but that created a balance for Notre Dame. Now, in the game prior to that, go back to the Georgia Tech game. Georgia Tech dominated Syracuse in the paint. But Syracuse balanced that out in other ways. They didn't turn the ball over in that game, and they and they found a way. And look, this needs to be reiterated and said again. Nobody doubts the heart and the grit and the determination in which this team plays basketball. But I want to go back to something that uh, Jim Beheim said just a couple hours ago right here on ESPN Syracuse, okay? Give me a moment to pull it up here because last night showed just how much this team misses Jesse. Not that it didn't show before, but it really kind of smacks you in the face a little harder in certain situations. And even Jim was noting it last night. 
Okay. So pardon me while I just pull it up here on the old computer. Here's a clip right here. Stand by. Jim Beheim, Orange Nation today. They do have tremendous, they've been tremendous in terms of keeping going forward, keeping focused, overcoming what have been some disappointing, tough games, and their leadership has been great. They've really just been tremendous in terms of staying together, working hard, keep trying to get better. And I don't think people realize how important Jesse was to us. At least I don't get that sense. He was really one of the best centers maybe the best center in the league over his last seven or eight games. And you put him in that game last night, uh, it's a different game. It's a completely different game. Respectfully, Coach, we all got it. We all understood it. There wasn't a soul that watches this team that didn't understand his importance. But I get what Jim is saying there because they won some games. Prior to last night's loss, they had won six of seven. The impact of missing Jesse wasn't really felt until last night because they found other ways to win, be competitive, stay in games, and they did last night without Jesse, right? Because that's what this team does. You get 27 out of Jimmy. You get 20 from Buddy. They were a huge part of the offense. But it it goes to show you just how important everybody's got to be streamlined in this thing. You miss one part of what you do, and it's going to be just enough to lose. Now, Notre Dame made the 13-0 run, which then Syracuse responded to, That Prentice Hub shot, now the irony is a three-point shot was what ultimately kind of, that was the dagger. That was the moment where you're like, "Uh uh-oh. And what was a back-and-forth close game, and Jimmy cut the the lead back to three after that, and and they overcame that 13-0 run in a sense. But, my God, what a shot that was. And I am equal parts, like, amazed and also equal parts like, what was that? I don't think I've ever seen a shot arc that high. To steal a phrase from Jimi Hendrix, excuse me while I kiss the sky. That thing kissed the sky. That thing touched the rafters last night and drops. And that was just one of those shots where you're like, okay, their game now. Because it was could go either way before that. Boom. Now, again, the irony was Notre Dame was so good in the paint that it was a three-point shot. We knew they could shoot threes. That wasn't a surprise by any stretch of the imagination. But this dude, we said it on pregame yesterday, too. And we had Tyler James on yesterday who covers Notre Dame for ND Insider, and he warned us, like, man, Prentice Hub can just kind of lie in the weeds, and in the last few minutes of the game, he can make big plays. And there he was. But it wasn't Hub for the most part. Even Blake Wesley, who had been playing – at a rookie of the year clip up to that point, and still should be in consideration for that award. Paulo Bencaro will win it and should win it, but Wesley is just a terrific player. They held him in check last night. Three of 13 shooting for him. Defense has been better. They're in that thing. But that shot was just like, you knew it in the moment. Like, oh, man, that's the kill shot right there. So, again, everybody got that. It just wasn't felt until last night. So now, again, Duke is Duke, and we'll certainly talk 
plenty about that game before they tip off Saturday at 6 o'clock. This is a team that plays its ass off. They have heart. They're likable. They're going to fight to the end, and those qualities are admirable. They just don't have enough to win the fight. They just don't have enough to beat these good teams. You can beat Georgia Tech and Boston College, and in one of those you beat them by the hair on their chinny-chin-chin in overtime, right? So they have a lot of the right intangibles to stay in these games. But when you take that step up, and there's not many teams on the list you take the step up to in the ACC this year, they just all happen to be on your schedule in the next few days. You had one last night. You got one Saturday. You got one Monday. And then you got one to close out the regular season against Miami. But, man, a couple of things from that game last night that we'll talk more about on the other side. We'll listen back to a few other things Jim Beheim said last night as well. Jimmy Beheim on a heater, which you need if you're going to be competitive with Duke. It was good to see Buddy get back into the flow in the first half of a game. I mean, Notre Dame just did everything they could to prevent him from shooting the ball in the second half. Buddy needs a little redemption from that that first Duke game. Look, Cole didn't have his best game last night, but still has hit three three-pointers or more in three consecutive games. His overall standing, his streak right now is good. But the other thing we were right about was Notre Dame, and it, it was a mixture of what Notre Dame did and, and Joe just had a bad game. But, man, you get to Joe and you get to Joe early, it just puts Syracuse in such a bad spot. It's hard to overcome. Now, again, look how they did it. They stayed in that thing. That game was never out of reach against a team that had lost one game at home this year, and that was to Duke and is the second-place team in the league. So, if anything, it's, it's maddening because they can be right there. But when it's time to seal the deal against some of these better teams, they struggle. They have difficulty doing that. Now, they beat Wake Forest. They beat them convincingly. They almost beat Wake Forest the first time around. And there's just a, But that's kind of the, been the story of the season. There's a lot of almost could-bes and should-bes. And part of that is out of reach. Part of that is not your fault. You lost one of your key players. Jim said it there. And you don't want to play the what-if game, but in that case, he should because – Jesse makes such a big difference. Last night was the game it was going to happen, and we told you so last night. Now let's listen into a few things Jim said last night, looking at this team, a couple of highlights from last night, and then we'll start to uh, slowly but surely turn that page to Duke. Duke is so much more than a basketball game around here, and this year the storylines are everywhere. And I think this team has a choice to make. Like, you can either lean in on that, you can embrace that and just get swept up in the intangibles in the moment, or you can just treat it like another game. I would advise they do option one. And we'll get into that as we go along here. We'll hear from you as we go along here at 437-7644. Brent Axe Media on Twitter, and, of course, the live chat at QSportsTalk.com, where you guys can opine as much as you'd like. Throughout the show, let's uh, see how the markets did today. Our friend Bill from Lee Baldwin and Company here to do that. And Bill, I would imagine, is a very interesting day, of course, with all the happenings uh, in Ukraine. So, what was the initial reaction from the markets? Yeah, the initial reaction this morning, we woke up to uh, down markets, uh, opening down over 2% for all the major averages. But uh, we reversed course and came back all the way with all three averages finishing in the green. So, uh, 
it's one of those oxymoron things where, uh, you know, the market does well once what we're feared has actually come to uh, occur. Um, plenty of diamonds. Uh, the tax led the rebound, but we're going to go with a cybersecurity firm, Palo Alto Networks. Um, this might be the first security war we've ever had. Uh, this is, uh, cybersecurity attacks might uh, um, become more prevalent, and uh, we're going to need more software to uh, fight that uh, war. And then on the downside, we had uh, Priceline.com, or excuse me, uh, Bookings.com, which owns Priceline and Kayak. Actually, they had great earnings last night, but with the uh, you know re- Ukraine uh, tensions, the stock dropped today. But uh, people are still traveling. That is correct, and uh, living life and doing other things. And we'll see how it all goes forward. We know you'll be tracking it for us, Bill. Thank you, sir. We appreciate it as always. Lee Baldwin and Company. They're in Utica. They're in Casanova. You should check them out online at LeeBaldwin.com. Better yet, uh, go hang, have a cup of coffee or your favorite beverage with Bill or Mike or Lee himself or any of the great crew there, especially now. Things getting turbulent. Markets are going to be a little crazy with what's going on in the world. You want somebody that can guide you through and find all the diamonds and under the dogs for you at Lee Baldwin and Company. We'll break. We'll come back. More on Syracuse and Notre Dame. There was a shining light from last night. They'll happen to join us about an hour from now. We'll talk about it next. Stay right there. ESPN 97.7 at 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. He struggled the whole game. It was a real struggle. And uh, I thought Cy could give us some quickness, get penetration. Um, and, and I thought Cy did a, a really good job. I thought he was really good. That is Jim Beheim, but you knew that already. Yeah, not a good game for Joe Girard last night. Cy certainly did what he could. Trying to keep that offense flowing last night. Uh, can't have those mistakes. Can't have those pothole moments, if you will. We're going to stay in that game against Duke coming up on Saturday. Now, we were just discussing this before the break. Uh, we have some uh, breaking I-team I coverage of literally uh, I-team coverage. Perhaps the arrival of a former Georgetown Hoya with a, a certain scrap millionaire. Uh, here to fill in the details is J.D. in Syracuse. Hot off the presses here. J.D., how are you, sir? Just kind of hot off the press, but Alan Iverson will be at the Dome on Saturday. You're confirming um, this news. This is JD uh, has the scoop. The killer yeah, crossover. I'm, We're talking about practice. He'll be at the Dome on Saturday. The ex will be at the Dome on Saturday. Aha. Now, JD, perhaps others joining him, or is he the feature uh, guest? Or. There may be another person, but okay. that I definitely not name. Okay. Oh, really? Oh. Um, oh. I'm not sure, but Iverson will be there. Okay. All right, J.D. Hot off the press, baby. Yeah, you keep and us you in know form. who else will be there? You? Coach K. <laughs> I, I've heard uh, that is also confirmed. Mike Krzyzewski will be in the house. 
I think more people are going to be going to see the coach than the Axoya. <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it. J.D. with the right, hot off the presses report. You keep us informed if you spot any more uh, former basketball players or celebrities out there, J.D., okay? I, I will, sir. Bye. My man. There he goes. J.D. in the Qs. Hot breaking news. He kind of hinted at somebody else. There. Oh, I can't tell you about that. Ooh. Intrigue. Thank you very much. Let's get back to uh, matters at hand here, that game coming up. Now, Notre Dame showed, how can I put this, the best of Syracuse at times, that they can stay in these games even when you've got two or three guys off offensively that you can ride Jimmy and Buddy against a good team. For all the people that say, hey, he's running out his ice shows, you did, but Jimmy. Uh, did they stay in the game? Were they in that game? Were they competitive in that game? Were they in it right to the end? I mean, you got to be fair about this stuff. The answer is yes. You needed the the over-the-hump play from Joe. Obviously, they missed Jesse last night, as Jim indicated earlier today, right here on Orange Nation on ESPN Syracuse, and I'm sure we'll talk about tonight. On his program at 7 o'clock on TK99 in the exclusive Q Sports Talk chat at 8.30 as well. Uh, we saw the in-between with Syracuse, which is they kind of have to – Absorb the blow of teams that really take advantage of them in the paint. BC did it. Georgia Tech did it. Notre Dame really did it. I mean, Atkinson Jr. scored, grabbed rebounds and scored, went to the free throw line 12 times, hit 10 of those 12 frees. We talked with Tyler James yesterday from ND Insider, and he told us, like, Atkinson Jr. is the guy to watch. Lashevsky was a game-time decision. He ends up playing. Has five threes. All the buzz was on Blake Wesley, who actually had – you know, he scored 13 points, but was 3 of 13, and it wasn't really a threat. Apprentice Hub 3, I think, still hasn't landed yet. I mean, I have never seen a shot with more arc, more rainbow-esque qualities. That thing, that shot not only hit the rafters, I think it hung in the rafters. Like, it actually grabbed a rafter, which is kind of hanging there for about 20 seconds. And it's like, okay, I'll go in the hoop. What a shot that was. I, I just have not seen anything like that. A little bit more from Jim Beheim on that loss to the Irish. Well, you take what you can get. You don't know what you're going to get. You have ideas, but you have to wait till the game unfolds and see what's there. When they play Buddy and, and Cole that hard on the outside, there's going to be driving areas. And Jimmy's good at, at driving the ball. That's what he does. And he did a great job getting to the basket. I certainly did. He certainly did, and that's what kind of saved Syracuse's hide. They, the thing was, and we brought this up yesterday, so things we were right about yesterday, because you love to tell me when I'm wrong, right? So things we were right about yesterday. One, they were going to miss Jesse Edwards more than any other game since he's been out. That is correct. Got that one right. Two, Joe Girard was going to struggle. That is correct. Got that one right. Okay. Now, the third thing that I suspected could happen and kind of did happen, but Syracuse was able to, how can I put this, overcome it with Jimmy's paint play was I didn't feel like Syracuse for what would, I think, be the seventh time in eight games get to ten or more three-pointers. and That is correct. That happened as well. Namely, because Joe is always, when he's on his game, going to give you about uh, three or four three-pointers, right? That's that's pretty much where he's going to be at. And look, Joe before that 
Seven straight games in double figures. Boys, you got the phones ringing there. Seven straight games in double figures. Six straight games with at least three three pairs prior to that. Last night, pressure defense. I shouldn't say pressure defense, but focus on Joe. Took him out of his game. Running the offense, being the offense, both. It was actually none of the above. But look at the trends, look at the numbers. The seven, eight games prior to that, Joe was vital to that team. And he was kind of due for a bad game. I mean, part of that, honestly, was he was just due. Now, how does he overcome this pressure defense that's going to play? That Duke's going to bring to the table on Saturday. Now, I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of the Virginia-Duke game for obvious reasons last night because... Watching another game, little Syracuse Notre Dame game. But man, Clark alone last night nearly took down Duke himself. This is encouraging news for Syracuse, right? Now, Virginia's a different makeup, different team, poor offensive team, but they play well against Duke. That matchup, there's been some great games between these two. There's something about when these two get on the same court together. So if you didn't catch that game last night, first of all, Tony Bennett, we're all kind of wondering what Syracuse, Bayheim, the presentation's going to be for Coach K on Saturday because everybody's been kind of doing their own Coach K tribute in a way. Here's what Tony Bennett did last night. But I want to take this opportunity because this is important for me and our team and the rest of us to acknowledge um, your monumental contributions to the basketball world. And mainly... Your success is remarkable, and you've stood the test of time. And I think it's equally important to say this. It goes to be said that Mrs. Kate is here, Vicki, that um, the patience that a coach's wife needs is remarkable, and it's a partnership. And congratulations to you two in this journey. So Tony Bennett, uh, you know, nice speech before the game. It was an orange out in Virginia last night. They're going to try to do the orange out for this game on Saturday. Frankly, every home game should be an orange out because, you know, you're kind of the orange. But, hey, Whatever uh, floats your boat, get you going for this one. Allen Iverson going to wear orange on Saturday? He's here. I-Team Report, Allen Iverson will be wearing orange. He's going to do it. He's going to defy the Georgetown Hoyas who are winless in Big East play. And I, I don't know this. I'm making this up. But anyway, Kei Clark last night had six three-pointers in the first half, scored 25 points. As Tony Bennett said, quote, he kept us in the game offensively, dished out seven assists, six rebounds. You know who can have that kind of game against Duke and needs to have that kind of game against Duke? Joe. I know Buddy's going to shoot that much. Remember, first game, Buddy, 2 of 15, didn't have it. I know Joe can play that way. He needs to play that way against this team. You need a typical Buddy game. Swider, I love the track he's been on. I think his shot is getting off quicker. I think his shot is confident. Wasn't quite there last night where you need him to be, but he has hit three or more threes in three straight games. He gives you that weapon, and I think you're going to need more threes from Jimmy. Jimmy's been great in the perimeter, or uh, great in the paint, pardon me. He's got to be more on the perimeter against Duke because that's Ben Carroll and Mark Williams looming in there. That's that's going to be a tough task for Jimmy to continue that against Duke. He's more than welcome to prove me wrong, but I don't think I'm going to be wrong on that. And by golly, you need something from Frank and Barama on the offensive end. Frank didn't even have a shot attempt in that game. Barama will get kind of that 
lucky by the basket rebound effort play that nobody sees coming, but you're going to need more than that. You just need an all-out assault. You just need you got to pitch a perfect game to beat Duke. You do. What Clark did last night gives you a little bit of a sign, and every game's different. I understand that. And Griffin was great last night. There's a great uh, story here about last night where I'm just going to read you part of it from the Associated Press. A.J. Griffin incurred the ire of Coach Mike Krzyzewski when he passed on an open three late in the number 7 Blue Devils tight game at Virginia. And Krzyzewski said, quote, what are you doing? Just shoot. Like, you should shoot all the time whenever you get it, and your next shot's the first shot. Krzyzewski said he told Griffin, a freshman and one of the top long-distance shooters in the country, remember Alan Griffin, uh, his younger brother, it goes on to say this, quote, we had confidence that his next shot's going to go in of Griffin, who had made 50 of 104 three-point tries this season. That's pretty good. Three of his next shots went in the last four minutes, and God bless. So that's how Duke got back in that game last night. But they got all they could handle from Virginia. Blue Devils outscored 20-2 to off turnovers in their earlier loss to Virginia when they turned the ball over 15 times. Just eight giveaways this time. So if you're Syracuse, also in the, uh, Virginia outscored the Blue Devils 52-28 in the paint in the first meeting, 28-20 this time around. Point being, Duke learns from their mistakes. They didn't make a lot of mistakes in the first game against Syracuse. If anything, it's Syracuse has got to learn from their mistakes, find ways to get Duke back, into those mistakes. Now, is Syracuse a defensive team that can cause a lot of points off turnovers? No. The points off turnovers have swung games their way recently, not turning the ball over. Swung the Georgetown, or pardon me, the, I've got Georgetown on the brain, the Georgia Tech game their way. This game, well, you have four Duke players score 15 points literally and exactly in the first game. You got to divvy that up a little bit and get somebody off track. All four of your offensive threats have to score. You got to get something from Barama and Frank, more from Symeer off the bench, and Benny Williams. I don't know how much he's going to play, but if he does, this is the game. You're going to need him to give you something, and that's only if he plays. He only played like, what, three minutes last night, if that. So we're starting to take that step forward here. The Duke game is more than a game, it's an event. It's like, almost a convention in town. A lot of people see people at the Duke game they haven't seen for a while, and obviously nobody went to the Duke game last year. We're all back. It's, it's not going to be a record crowd. I don't even think there's going to be 30,000 butts in seats at this game. They'll announce it as 30,000 plus, but trust me, the atmosphere is not going to be the problem. With everything going on with Coach K and Bayheim and what they're going to do for Coach K, I, I can't wait to see that. And I mean, Man, savor this. If anything, and I'll repeat this a couple times before we get to Saturday at 6 o'clock. Guys, think about this, and we're going to break and get to Jimmy Bayheim here shortly. But you're watching, and we've been spoiled to see this a lot, but now that we know it's the last time, you're watching two coaches that have won 1,000 games. Yes, more than 1,000 games, NCAA. Not again. Oh, no, Jim's not winning 1,000 games again. He's, if anything, going for 1,100 wins. You can take your 101 waved wins and shove them where the sun don't shine. Bayheim, Shashevsky, Hall of Famers, two winningest coaches in the history of the game. I know I'm telling you what you already know. 
But for the love of God, please appreciate that. Please savor that because you're not going to see it again. I'm pretty confident. If I'm wrong on this, you find me in my wheelchair in the old person home 40 years from now and say, Brent, you told me this would never happen again. Listen, Sonny, why don't you just get out of my face and go get my fruit cup? That's what I'll say to you back, I'm sure. But I feel pretty confident in telling you, you are not going to see this again. So at least enjoy that and savor that and, uh, you know, see what happens once the ball goes up on Saturday. How is Syracuse going to stay competitive with the mighty Blue Devils? Uh, well, forget what I have to say. Let's hear what Jimmy Beheim has to say about that next. Presented by Adirondack Bank and Matthews Auto Group. Stay tuned.